This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. I have to say, I think I've probably said this goal out loud on the podcast before. You may have even thought that these Friday episodes were coming sooner than today. But here we are. It's been a goal of mine to be able to produce two podcasts a week, one where I'm bringing in an amazing guest, which we've been doing for years. I think we have, you know, 300 of those. And I used to just sprinkle in solo episodes from time to time in between guest interviews. And I'm really excited to officially come on every Friday so that you can just expect two episodes a week, one on Wednesday that's me speaking with an amazing human, and one on Friday. And the ones on Friday are gonna be me going, really you know, pulling the curtain to my own life and my own goals and reflecting on my goals and the goals of women who are in Flow 365 and things that are showing up for all of us, and just be able to reflect that back to you in a way that helps. You know that I'm all about how to make things really useful. And as I was writing out a list of just the so many things that I want to talk about and trying to really stay with one topic a time at a time each Friday, I see that there's just what what comes up a lot is because we're always goal setting in Flow 365. There's a lot of goals that I just want to be able to unpack and share my experience, share the experience of others, ask you your experience, um, and help you as you're having goals to move forward and look at them maybe in ways that you haven't looked at them in the past. So I'm so excited for these episodes, if you can't tell. And we will be posting something about them always on Instagram. So if you're an Instagram person, or maybe even if you're not, you can come on over to plansimple.co on Instagram is where we are. And I would love to keep these conversations going. So when you see the post about this episode, maybe there'll be more than one, I would love to hear your thoughts, what you took from it, if you have any questions. I would love this really to be a conversation that that we can have. Um, always feel free to message me. I know sometimes I talk about things that maybe you wouldn't want to say on Instagram. That's fine too. Just send me a direct message. That is the platform that I personally am on the most. Um, I do obviously have email and check email, and you're always welcome to try there, but I am finding that that place is a little crazier than usual these days, and so I love the simplicity of 
um, every afternoon, I just spend a little time in Instagram in the messages and I can respond to you. All right. So today we're going to talk about planning to lose weight, the goal, having a weight loss goal and doing that from a place of love. So every 90 days in Flow 365, we have these amazing retreats. By the way, we have one coming up at the end of July, and we are going to open enrollment for five days the week of the, I think it's the 18th. I'm saying this totally by memory, but sometime around then, we're going to open it up for five days, and we're going to let in a small amount of women before the retreat. And I'm super excited for that. Um, I love the energy of new people and we have such a welcoming group um, that it's just, it's so fun to watch that happen. And I love it happening right before a retreat. And our retreat is the last weekend in July um, slash, I think it might go into the beginning of August. And our retreats are amazing because you really can do them from anywhere. Um, If you're traveling and you have your phone, we just hop on for an hour twice a day for this three-day period. Um, And then really what you're doing is you're retreating wherever you are. And I'm giving you feedback and directions on what to do. And the goal by the end of the weekend is to plan your next 90 days. So that was a total tangent, but I never believed that anything's really a tangent. So I'm glad I told you that. So anyway, in these retreats and you know, anyone who has a flow planner or is thinking about goal setting 90 days at a time, I'm always saying to have these four balanced goals. So one of them is always around food and wellness and weight loss or a goal around releasing weight comes up a lot. And so I just wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about my relationship with it, um, my journey over the years, what my goal is right now, because I am embarking on a goal to release some weight. Um, And really talking about doing that from love and how that affects both your goal and your plan, how you you look at what you're going to do. All right? So let's get into this. And by the way, if you're like, I don't have a goal of that, then maybe this isn't the episode for you. And I will also say that I'm going to share some strategies about a whole bunch of things about how I set goals. So it might still be useful. So you you decide. You decide if this is the one you want to listen to. So what I've noticed is that with wellness and self-care and food for women, when it has to do with ourselves, when it's really about us. So very often, I notice that as women, we, we, when we were posed this question of what's your food goal, a lot of us first come up around family instead of around ourselves. And I always question that. I go deeper on that. Some women are just fine with what they're eating, and it's all great, and they're really focused on their family, and that's great. But often, women are trying to upgrade their family and they don't feel good in their bodies themselves. And I think that that's a really hard switch when you're not in good relationship with your body and food and you're trying to convince your kids to eat well and sit down and do all the things, right? So I'm always sort of, you know, asking a lot of questions and making sure that there's nothing that you also have to tend to around yourself. So just think about that if that's true for you. And that can be obviously in any category. I feel like as women, we are such caregivers and we're so willing to help others before we help ourselves. So when I'm thinking about doing any goal with love, that's always a question I'm asking myself. Is it truly 
am I being the most loving version of myself by tending to all these people if I'm feeling depleted right now in this area? Does that make sense? So just think about that. Um, the other thing that comes up a lot with food and wellness goals is that, you know, we're all busy. We have work, we have homes, we have relationships. Maybe we have a spouse, kids, parents. We have all these different things. It's summer, so maybe we're wanting to travel. We're such multitaskers. We wear so many hats. And so very often I hear, I just don't have time. Like literally there's no time. And pretty much the reason, by the way, that I got into this work is I wrote a book called Plan Simple Meals, which most of you know, and I thought that I was going to be teaching people about food, about kale, about green smoothies, about all these things. And I spent a year talking to thousands of women and over and over and over and over again, the topic came up around time that they just didn't feel like there was enough time to make changes around food because there were so many other things going on. So one of the things, lessons that I learned at the beginning of my food journey was that time really does bend when we prioritize what matters. So I'm just going to go back, and I know many of you have heard my story, so I'm just going to tell it quick again for those who haven't, but also just to bridge us into the next part. So Let's see, I'm trying to think of how old my youngest is right now. So probably it was about 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago, I had this moment where I felt like I had all the things. I definitely had, you know, I had my husband, I had my three kids, I had a at the time a graphic design company. Like I really had checked off a lot of boxes and I was also simultaneously feeling pretty miserable and depressed and I couldn't figure out why. And one day, I, it just became clear to me that I, I just didn't feel good in my body. This wasn't the first time I thought this, but I had sort of gone numb around it because I was one of those people who in high school, college, you know, in my early 20s, I had literally done every fad diet and I was never really comfortable in my body. At that time, though, I was pretty thin. Like it wasn't like I was never the thinnest person. I always had to work, work at it but I definitely wasn't overweight. And here I was, this is 12 years ago, um, I had had three kids over the course of five years, and somehow I did not follow that pattern of you have kids, you nurse them, and you lose all the weight. I just kept the weight on and then kept getting more. So I had my three kids, the youngest was about eight months, and I had 65 pounds on my body that I had just never had before. And I could feel the discomfort in my body around this. And I I share this story often, and I, I got quiet around it for a while, because what happened after that was this whole series of events that basically, in the end, led me to writing this book, Plan Simple Meals. But I changed my food as somebody who didn't love food, didn't trust food, didn't under, didn't really like, I always thought that that diet was about weight. I would have never said it was about health. And so I changed my food and I did lose the weight very quickly. It was a very easy process to lose the weight. And I also got healthy. I got I haven't had seasonal allergies since. I had all this energy that I definitely did not have the day before I started this venture. 
I was somebody who had always had ear infections and I didn't have them anymore. And so I haven't had antibiotics since. I didn't get sick every time my kids did. Like all these things, I started sleeping better. All these things really shifted when I changed my food. And and it created like a new understanding for me of the relationship between food and health and weight and my body, if that makes sense. So that was my story from 12 years ago. So now I'm just going to quickly take you through the past 12 years, which is, you know, I I maintained that. I shifted my diet. It was pretty, um, it was pretty strict at the beginning of that. And it you know, I lessened the strictness. I, I was, if you don't know this part about me, I was raw vegan for two years. And I've stayed dairy-free and gluten-free um, all these years, but I've definitely experimented with different other things. I definitely eat cooked food. Um, and in the most recent years, I've added in little bits of um, fish because I've noticed that protein is is super important um, right now, like in the current phase of my hormones. <laughs> so but but mostly i still stay vegan and i i am gluten i always eat gluten free and dairy free and i don't think there's any necessarily right way to eat and so that's kind of why i backed out of being in like the food business and more in the plan you know the business of talking about planning because for me that was the piece that really shifted and and i could see that what I was doing there um, might help some people. <laughs> so, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So h- here we are today, and I am, how old am I today? I am 46. No, yeah, I think I might be 46, or maybe I'm 47. <laughs> it's not funny how you lose track of how old you are. That's really funny. But basically, you know, I'm in my late 40s or my second half of my 40s, and my hormones are doing their own thing. I guess I would call myself in, I would call myself in, in perimenopause. We've had some episodes about that lately. And I think very naturally my body um, put on some extra weight. Maybe that was a, a, a mix of the pandemic, hormones. And also I've as you all know and have heard, if you've been listening, my daughter really, really struggled during COVID with a mental health issue that had to do with weight and eating. And so I also was like really careful about what messages I was sending out. And I think that that shifted me. I was so, I have been and still am so in tune with what she needs. And I haven't always paid attention to what my body needs in the past, let's say 18 months. That's been shifting for like the past six. So that's where I am right now. So basically I have not gotten on a scale. We can talk about scales in a minute, but my guess is is that there's like 20ish pounds that I really would feel better if I could figure out how to release them. And I'm going to talk a little bit about wording right now because I would have said even 2 years ago lose them. A few years before that, I would have avoided the goal altogether. (laughs) But now I love the word release because I feel like if my goal is to release the weight, then 
whatever I do, it just feels like a more natural process. Like the word lose to me has just weird meaning. Now this might be totally different for you. So just, I'm telling you my story, but I want you to hear why this is important. So for some reason, the word release just feels like it it dovetails back to my story of 12 years ago, where my goal had been to lose the weight because that's what I knew, but very quickly it, it, affected my health. And so I could see that in releasing the weight, I was changing all these other things. And I feel the same right now. I feel like there's this aspect of of where my hormones are and my energy and just how my body is right now at this current moment, that if I'm releasing the weight, other things are shifting too. Does that make sense? And so for some reason, that word just empowers me. So the first thing I want to say about a loving goal, especially one around our bodies, is that the goal itself should be empowering, not depleting. So often what we do at the beginning of goal setting in Flow 365 is we spend a lot of time on this one day. And over the course of the first week that anyone's in there, really wordsmithing goals, which sounds so silly and so tedious, but it's not about having the perfect words. It's it's not about like writing it out perfectly at all. I always say actually the messier the page, the better. But it is about finding the words that get you excited and that don't trigger you around any past trauma you have or any limiting beliefs you have. And so the words in that sense are really, really important. So one of the ways that I am making my next releasing of weight goal um, really loving is I'm paying attention to the words and how I can live with them. And another practice that I do that I'll share with you is I have a daily practice of writing out my goal goals that I'm working on. Um, and what I find is that that really helps me to approach the goal from the person I am today. So as we're moving toward a goal, I never believe that I feel like goals are an anchor. They're a way to keep moving forward. But I like to think of that. I don't like to think that like when we get there, then let's just say everything will be better, right? Like, so when I lose the weight, I'll be happy. Or, you know, when I make this money, then I'll feel free. I like to think of the go- the goals as more of a process. So each day that I am leaning into this goal, each day I'm taking action in a way that is leading me toward this goal. I am becoming the next version of myself. So the next day when I wake up and look at what's on my day and I recount my goals, it's helpful to do that from the version I am on, of myself that I am on that particular day. Because I can promise you that if you lean into a practice of planning and really following through on your plan, you are evolving you're evolving every minute, but every day is when I check in, right? Like, so you're evolving and you've become a different version of yourself after a day where you're hydrated or after a day where you've slept really well, right? And so I find that some days I just write the goal down differently. Sometimes that's better. Sometimes it's more clarity. Sometimes it's kinder and more loving. But each time I write it down, I learn. I learn about, you know, how the words make me feel or or how I'm where I am actually being not kind to myself. 
Um, So I love that practice of writing down my goal every day. So here's the other thing about goals and following through. So I always make a plan for the goal. Um, And for me, that looks like just writing down what all the things are. It's pretty simple. (laughs) At the top of the page, I write the goal. And then I make a list of like, what are all the things that I need to think about in order to move toward this goal, in order to accomplish this goal? What are the things that I know right now? So sometimes we don't know all the things. All we know is what we can try, especially when we're talking about losing weight. You know, maybe it's that you heard about a way to eat that, you know, might help you lose weight. But the truth is, is that you have this goal and that way of eating is definitely something to try if it feels really good and has come into your awareness and sounds like a good match with you. And you might try that, like if you really lean into it and realize like, oh, this is great, except I need to add this, or I need to take away this, right? So we might not know all the things, or you might start off with food and then be like, okay, now I'm ready to add movement, or I'm ready to really focus on my sleep and see how that that helps and supports all this stuff I'm doing with food and movement. So be open to that. But I keep a list of all the things that I know I'm going to do. And what I've noticed in coaching hundreds and hundreds of women is that very often that list starts with, I'm talking right now about a weight loss goal, right? Or releasing of weight goal. Um, it starts with the food, right? So I'm going to buy this program or I'm going to eat these things and, and maybe a list gets made. Um, I'm going to give up gluten or give up dairy. I'm going to have a green smoothie every morning, right? That's the kind of list that we start to write because this goal of weight loss, is very, it is very associated with food. So we write down those things. And I do that too. And I will share with you, and we will link this in the show notes, but what I've been doing for the past few years is I love being in a program around food when I'm really thinking about food. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and so you all know that I love, 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 love Test Masters. And I've done her 60-day reset a couple of times. There's many things in there that are just literally how I live my life at this point. And my body is still, you know, it's it's there's still something that that it's maybe reacting to, or um, I feel like there's some shifts that need to be made. And I don't, I don't have the I, I like to ask questions like. I can listen to my body. I've become so good at listening to my body, but I don't always know the food solution. And so partnering with someone like Tess has been super helpful for me because, you know, if I have this day where I'm eating, you know, she has this amazing thing in the morning called notes. But if I have notes and then I have this amazing salad and then I have this smoothie and then I have this, oh my gosh, her bolognese for dinner, like let's say that's my day. And I feel constipated the next day or um, something itches my throat or, I don't know, I feel tired, then I have somebody to talk through what I did. And, you know, she might say, oh, what if you didn't eat it in this order? Or maybe you're not supposed to have notes every morning for breakfast. She told me that once. Um, And so it's just really helpful for me to have someone to bounce off the food ideas. So 
I actually am embarking on a releasing of weight goal right now. I can't remember if I already said that at the beginning. So I'm starting her program, um, which starts, I think, on the 8th so of July. And so I'll be doing that in July and August. And I'm so, so excited. I think I'm going to start this time with the detox and then move into the 60-day reset. I've done the 60-day reset a lot. Um, but I love, love, love the detox for... Um, just being able to enjoy the summer veggies and fruits, it makes me really happy. All right. So, so again, I'm looking at the food, I'm writing that down. So if I was doing my brain dump, I might say, you know, sign up for Tess's program. And then I might make a list of, you know, once I've signed in, I can see like, I need to buy these supplements and I want to make sure I have these staples in our pantry and, um, oh, go join the farm. Like, so there's lots of really tangible things that happen when I decide how I'm going to go about this, this goal. But the thing that I really, really, really want to talk about today is, is what else there is and what I think we forget so often, especially given that we're, what I'm talking about is not just planning to lose weight, but planning to lose weight from a place of love. Because at some point, I think <laughs> that our like wiser self, our wisest version of ourself rebels when we're just pushing, pushing, pushing. And that's when we get sick. Um, and or, you know, mysterious things start happening. Like all I just think like we're get we're getting these silent signals to just slow down. And a lot of times we don't, we keep pushing. And food changes are big. So for a lot of people, that feels like a big push. So in order to be loving, here's other things I'm thinking about just to tell you. And I already alluded to one, which is the wording. To me, that's a very, very loving move. But I also think about, you know, what else makes this an act of love? Like, what does movement look like? And so for me, I know that when I make a big food change, I need to, like, it makes me hungrier for a little bit, which is in the end great, because I, I feel like sometimes I'm not as connected to, to hunger. It takes a minute to get there. But so for, for a moment, when I change my food, I actually get lower energy, and I know that about myself. And to be 100% transparent, I walk a lot right now because I have a dog, but I haven't been, because of the pandemic, like I haven't been going to yoga like I used to. I haven't done organized any activity like I used to. I, I had spent the best birthday month ever doing journey dance with Tony, but but I haven't been moving my body in the formal way that I know my body really loves. And in order to be loving with this goal, I know that I can't start the food and the movement on the same day. So part of being loving is just giving myself grace and making a plan for that. Because if I don't write that down, if I don't say, you know, after two weeks, make an exercise plan. If like I'm, I don't acknowledge that, then I just start feeling bad on day one. And the second I start feeling bad, I start craving things that I don't even want to eat. So I know that about myself. So, so I make a plan. Like, what does movement look like? What are sometimes I'll list out like what are kind movements that I can do? What are different movements I can do? One of our um, flow members right now is, is a hula hoop teacher and somebody else is a water aerobics teacher. And then somebody else was going to water aerobics. And so, you know, I, it just, it brought into my mind to like, oh, like, how can I really do something different? And a lot of yoga right now is being taught outside so that COVID isn't an issue. And so I just keep thinking like, what are some fun ways I can bring it back in? And 
not do that, you know, of the first week at least. Like wait until I like I'm having the energy again and and my body's really wanting that and that's a kind thing to do. One of the other things about the movement is it like literally takes time, right? It takes time out of our day, which another thing I'll talk about is that time bends when we prioritize what matters. So I, I don't really worry about all the time so much. And I also feel that it's important to be real. So for example, at the beginning of starting a new food, I'm going to use the word protocol for right now, but that doesn't sound so great, juicy to me, but in food way of eating, right? Like when I'm, when I'm diving into Tess's work, for me, it's a little bit of work up front and that takes time too. So to be kind, I'm not worrying as much about creating a different exercise routine. And I am conscious of, you know, enjoying myself in the kitchen while I'm prepping this food and giving myself grace around that. There's a lot of giving myself grace as an act of love (laughs) when I'm thinking about this goal. And then I'm also thinking about like what really supports this. And so for me, it used to be that losing weight was sort of an old trigger because it was something that I, I, you know, I had never felt so great in my body in college and I had tried all these things and I had never done the the psychological work to fall in love with my body in, in my 20s. I am at a place where I feel really comfortable in my body. I feel like I love my body. I love her just as she is <laughs> at her current size and I'm excited to fuel my body in a different way right now and, and see if see what happens, see, see what works. So I feel like I'm in that loving relationship. And when I wasn't, that was part of the work, right? That was part of what I did. I spent a lot of time for like 10 years really coming into a good relationship with my body. One of the people who really helped me was Nina Mandelson, and she has done a, a few um, episodes on this podcast. So I will try to remember to link them in the show notes, but also just Google her on my podcast and you'll find some of that. Um, she's very good at the at that piece of really falling in love with your body while, you, while you're doing this. But what I will say is that there's still an aspect of my goal that is a little triggered by taking care of my body right now. And that is that I've been you know caring for my daughter for whom food was a big part of her mental health issues the past year and a half. And so that is still triggering to me. So I still know it's super, super, super important to give myself space to process what's going on. Like if I'm going to stay in motion, for me, that means allowing myself to really feel like the sadness that comes up, the frustration that comes up, all those emotions. And you know, just really let my let them move through my body. It never takes longer than 90 seconds. It feels excruciating and like you want a cookie, but it really doesn't take that long. I just let it move. I literally picture that emotion moving through my body. Um, I do journal. I'm a journaler, so I spend time writing and I make sure I have time for that. That makes any new goal loving for me. And for me, meditation is important. And none of this takes a huge amount of time, actually. I wake up and do this for half an hour every morning. I meditate, I write, I take my supplements, like things like that. So I have this ritual that I do every morning, but it's really important that that, like that, that doesn't go away when I'm making a change. Cause it is something that, you know, can easily go away. Um, if I feel like there isn't time for it. So I prioritize the things that are really supporting my goal and really making it a loving goal. 
Okay, so other things that come up. So I've talked about movement. I've talked about my morning routine, um, sleep, hydration. Um, these are things that also I find are like I want to make sure I'm thinking about both of those things in Tess's work actually kind of get taken care of. So she's reminding us of hydration, but in the detox, which is what I'm starting with, I find that when I'm just eating a ton of fruits and vegetables and also reminded of the water intake or taking supplements, like that part really takes care of itself for me. And when I'm doing this, I sleep so well. So for me, that gets taken care of, but just acknowledging that that's all part of the picture. Um, so if that's not being taken care of in what you're doing, just sometimes it's helpful to start there. Like what would happen if I just slept? Or what would happen if I just ate water and or ate water, drank water and didn't change anything else? Sometimes that can be the most loving first step of a goal around releasing weight. Like sometimes that can be so much more loving than stepping into something that makes you feel overwhelmed the second you step into it. All right. And the last thing that I want to talk about is something that has definitely taken the last 12 years of my life, but I definitely feel right now, and I want to just pass that on to you, which is ease in the kitchen. So somebody was interviewing me the other day for their podcast, and she asked me some question about food. And I, I think I've actually said this out loud to test too on one of our interviews, but I, I don't like to cook. And that is not why I'm ever in the kitchen. It's not because I see a beautiful recipe and I want to follow it and I, and I like to cook. Like that is not it at all. I love to feel well. And I didn't know before 13 years ago that food could really do that for me because I hadn't found the food that did. But that's why I'm in the kitchen. And over the course of the past, you know, 12 years, and I would say I've, I've sort of had this as part of my just natural existence, maybe for the past five or six years, the kitchen does not stress me out. It really actually relaxes me. Again, not because I love to cook, but because I really love to feel well. But I just want to say that that was a practice. And so sometimes the most loving, loving thing is to just understand how to make that time in the kitchen not stressful because for so many people it is stressful right so anytime stress comes out about any part of this process i always am asking myself and women in flow 365 like well how can we make this piece less stressful so if we're talking about cooking you know maybe it's about making sure we have all the food in advance prepped, or maybe it's about doing little bits all day, or maybe it's just about turning on some happy music or having the kids. I used to love when I was first making this a happy process, my kids were in grade school and they wouldn't really have homework, but they would have sort of some things that they needed to do or and they were drawing or reading, and I would invite whoever wanted to to just come sit at the kitchen table, and it would be my time to really, well, if they were reading, I obviously wouldn't talk to them, but we would sort of all be sharing the same space, but not necessarily, um, we would be sharing the same space, but we wouldn't necessarily be talking, but it would be very connecting. So that was a really helpful way for me to make the kitchen feel just really good. Um, so... Lately, 
I've been a lot, I've had a lot more to do around work. And my husband has been working from home since the pandemic. And so he's really stepped into the kitchen, which has been really helpful. It's been fun to be together. It's been fun not to have to be in there each evening. Um, It's, you know, the kids are home and they're full-on teenagers, so they help wash the dishes. So sometimes asking for help is is really what makes the kitchen easeful. So just pay attention to like what makes what makes the the process, like the things that you actually have to do to make this happen, what could make those more easeful? Meal planning is the other one. So just to reflect that back in case that wasn't obvious, you know, meal planning to release weight, that that might take some time. So in order to for that not to take time, what I do is I purchase Test Masters cleanses and 60-day resets and I use her meal plans so that I'm not I don't have to invent that that part. And the first time I did it, I'll tell you this in case you check it out, but you're like, "Oh my god, I could never do that." The first time I did it, it was at a time that I, th- I think it was during COVID and everybody was home and groceries were hard to get and all the different things. You remember how that was? <laughs> and so what I did was I um, just found one of the nine weeks, I think it's nine or 10 weeks. And I just ate that week for a few weeks until I, like, it was just easy after the second week. Um, and I froze stuff and all the things. So it just made it a lot easier. I just, I didn't cook the variety, but I still had the plan. I still had the framework and that was super, super helpful for me. Um, we will, I will share over on Instagram because now that I'm saying it out loud, these solo episodes may or may not have their own show notes. Like that's kind of like, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get these. Um, and then we may sort of fold them all into a series each month. I'm not quite sure how that's going to look quite yet. Um, but just know that resources we're always sharing on Instagram. We definitely share resources um, to anyone who subscribed to our email. So if you haven't gotten our new course from Overwhelm to Ease, go get that and then you'll make sure to be on our on our email list. So that's that's the story. That's my goal. And just recording this podcast has gotten me so pumped and excited for my own goal. That's interesting. Sometimes, that might be a way to make it easeful. Just tell somebody, tell somebody what you're up to. Get excited about it. Excitement is a really great tool for showing up to anything. Because guess what? I can promise you that every little move I make over the course of the next two months to really lean into this goal, it's not all going to be exciting by nature, but I can make it exciting. I can make myself feel excited about the results, about the process, about the food that I'm eating, all the different parts. So I hope this was helpful. It should be helpful no matter what your goal is, because I I gave you a lot of different tidbits that could be applied to any goal, whether that's home or work or health or any of the different things. But if this is your goal, if releasing weight is part of what you're an upcoming goal for you might be. I hope this was really helpful. And of course, if you want to join me either in one of Tess's programs or in Flow 365 when we open for that small window in July, we would love to have you. If you want to join me at the next Flow 365 retreat and some pretty amazing women, might I say, 
then do go check out Flow365 on the plansimple.com website. And there's a bunch of buttons on the page for you to get on the wait list. And what we will do is we will notify you when enrollment is open and you can um, come be one of the people who we let in for this July retreat. It is a great, great, great time to do this work because it really sets you up for transitioning into the fall season. And again, when you're in Flow 365, it's 365, 365 days. So it really helps you to lean into any goal for the long term which is so exciting to me. And of course, actually probably more pressing is that if you would love to join me and work on your releasing of weight goal with Tess, if that her food, what she's sharing, her food protocol is helpful for you and you don't want to have to think of what you're going to eat and how you're going to eat it and all those different things, Tess has an amazing program. It's why I share about it all the time. It's why it's the one I choose to do. And I believe that her enrollment is open only through July 4th for this cycle. So if you want to join me in there, um, both her detox and her 60-day reset are available through a link on our Instagram account. So just go to our Instagram account and click on the link that's up on the top of the plansimple.co account. And if you scroll down, you will see um, Tessa's programs at the beginning and you can click on that and read all about them. All right. And I hope to see you in there if it resonates. Um, and last but not least, if you have not taken our course from Overwhelm to Ease, definitely check that out. It is free. It is on the plansimple.com website. And once you're on our list, you will hear about all upcoming things. And one of the things that's coming up in July is we are going to do a week-long program where you choose something that you're working on. So maybe it's this, maybe it's around meal prep or releasing weight or meal planning or something around your health. Maybe it's cleaning out a closet or doing a big work project, but something that you keep meaning to do, you keep wanting to do, you keep thinking about it, but it's not happening. We're going to use the flow planning method to make it happen. And we're going to do that live over the course of a week. And I am so excited for that. And that is the week of July 11th. So go check that out as well on the site, on Instagram, um, get your seat. And I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the plan simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day. 